Ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of The Essential Eleven, brought to you by Acton Academy and Acton Academy Placer. Today's guest, uh, a man by the name of Mike Dolce. If you follow mixed martial arts at all, you certainly know who he is. If you're into health and fitness, you uh, most likely know who he is as well. He is an American trainer, strength and conditioning coach, uh, weight cut coach, author, nutrition and fitness expert, uh, motivational speaker. He's a former mixed martial artist and and uh, well known for helping fighters make their weight, but then has uh, definitely transitioned into the public sector and, and a best-selling author. And he has helped literally thousands of people at this point. So, uh, and we just have a great conversation about uh, all things and all questions here in the Essential Eleven. So enjoy. Three, two, one. We are good. Mike Dolce, how are you, sir? Uh, great, brother. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Happy to be here. Dude, so appreciate it. I've been following your journey for uh, forever, man. Uh, you know, I, I just so you know, because we haven't gotten to chat a whole lot. So I came out of the out of the fight game a little bit too, had some amateur, you know, did some amateur fights. And so I yep. knew about you long before, uh, you know, I think the world did, man. You're a, uh, you're a legend, dude. So it's exciting. Yeah. We should working hard just trying to keep my job is keeping guys like you healthy right that's keeping, right uh, keeping the body intact keeping the brain intact and, and allowing you to get through that part of life and right. hopefully transition into the next in a, in a healthy way yeah man absolutely so why don't do again if you're coming out of the fight game you know who mike dolce is if you're in the health and wellness field you know you know who you are for anybody that might not know uh, your background you mind sharing a little bit of the of the x-men origin story yeah well you know i'm the some accolades maybe i'm the four-time world mma trainer of the year which is just a really nice designation i mm -hmm. think that differentiates me from maybe um some of the others in the game in a good way so if, if nothing else I'm, I'm at the top of the spear on the coaches and trainers that are most successful working with elite athletes and i yeah. think that mentality that my team and I have had really has trickled down into the general population. And what we really focus on is using these same evidence-based approach, um, approach uh, and principles that we use with elite athletes for the every person, the yeah. average person, to which I find myself define myself as an average person also mm -hmm. i'm not getting in the octagon or playing in the nba finals and all that other stuff though i get in the gym and i train hard and yeah. i compete against myself but you know I'm, I'm a father i got kids i got wife i got business i got all the things that, that most of us have right 99.9 yeah. percent .9 of us have so what we were able what my team and i were able to do is, is uncover what we feel to be universal truths and principles mm -hmm. in regards to health and fitness and lifestyle management longevity and we distilled that down into very simple to follow programs yep. and within that that's really what we spend most of our time teaching it just so happens to work for world-class athletes right but it's really most focused for just regular folks right and that's that's the beauty of it and I, I think the simplicity that we approach the very complex has allowed us to be differentiated from many of the other systems out there i love that man i love that that concept of taking what you know a lot of people look at diet health nutrition they look at that as this overwhelming com you know complex issue and it's because of the industry itself right the industry has essentially done that and made it seem like you know the answer's over here the answer's way over here right and and people get lost in all the minutia and i love that yeah. you always call that out and you bring it back to the simplicity you know and i and i think um you know I always go back to one of the my one of my mentors larry rosenstock who always talked about the fact that complex thought comes out when simplicity is involved and that's where the beauty of things can come out and i love that you bring things back to that and you call it like it is man i try and you know that's yeah. a hard thing and that's something that it, it's regrettable in a way but i don't regret my outspokenness at all because i'm an advocate for you for my family for my my neighbors i'm an advocate for the hard-working well-intended individual that's trying to navigate their way through the inundation of misinformation mm -hmm. mostly by my peers yeah well, i'm i'm friends maybe not as much anymore because of the way i speak yeah. but i've known i've been in this industry since the mid to late 90s as a professional working at very high levels right. as, you know a younger kid but 
you know, in my late teens and then early 20s, I started this business when I was 17 years old. Right. In earnest, right? And then through my, you know, early 20s, mid 20s, I was hired by Randy Couture's Team Quest North. That's in, in the early 2000s yeah. in the fledgling sport of the UFC. Yep. There were four pay-per-views a year when I was hired as the head strength coach for the number one fight team in the world. Randy yeah. Couture, Dan Henderson, Evan Tanner. Yeah, who Matt, Matt Linlin, right? Linlin, like, who's yeah, the number one animals. middleweight in the world. Yep. Right? So, man, so I've been doing this a really long time, and I, I kind of know everyone, and I, I yeah. took the hard approach to get through the industry, right? You know, kind of working for, for man, minimum wage, mopping the gym mat. Yeah. I was making more money as the gym janitor yeah. as I was as a head strength coach, yeah. working with 40 of the greatest athletes on the planet because there was yeah. no money in the sport. Exactly. So I worked my way through that and then I started to really see as the industry changed and the UFC got bigger and the more spotlight kind of was, was shown on combat athletics and, yep. and the, the nature of who trainers and coaches and dietitians and nutritionists were, those roles became more um, financially. Um, yeah, more viable options. Viable. Yeah, mm -hmm. thank you. And that created this, this you know, rush of, of copycats yeah. and, uh, you know, um, you know, individuals with their hands up, but they had no credible background and they had nothing to offer. So what they looked to do is differentiate their system from everyone else's to stand out. And that's business, right? Sure. Why are you different? Sure. Why, what, Coke or Pepsi, Burger King or McDonald's, well, we got the flame broiled, we got to make it our own, your own way, whatever yeah. that thing is, right? And that's fine. But in nutrition, in fitness, differentiation, in my opinion, is a bad thing because this is science and there's a matter of, of what we look at best practices. Right. What works? Science. What works, right? We don't look for differentiation with regards to gravity, yep. right? Yep. We're not trying to find 20 different <laughs> like ways that. to sell yeah. the laws of gravity here, yeah. right? There, there really is one is primary. What it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Same thing with nutrition in our opinion. And as a result of that, and to your point, I'll, I'll close this loop. I've really found that what works most is truly what's most simple. Mm -hmm. And that's harder from a business model for me to sell mm -hmm. because I'm not, tr I'm not coming out with all the, the pills, the powders, the potions, as right. I like to say. I'm not jumping onto the keto fasting, vegan carnivore bandwagon. Yeah. Man, it, it, every 18 months I could have a brand new business strategy yeah, right. and just keep, you know, clicking cash along. What we do is we focus on the education side. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, those who do champion these exclusionary restrictive fed dietary practices, they don't like when I speak like this because those are the ones every 18 months, they jump from, you know, the zone diet. Yeah. They're the zone expert. Yeah. Then they're the paleo expert. Then they're the keto expert. Now they're the fasting expert. Yeah, right. Well, shit, that's a decade of you lying to people or of you showing you're incompetent in your craft. Yeah. That's my, that's the way, I, and I, I don't see it to be any different than that. Yep. So, again, you know, I'll, I'll pull I'll away. That, that's man. kind of made me a bit of an outsider inside the industry, but the population has really gravitated towards what we do because it's best practices. This is what works. And, you know, we kind of, you know, liken our, our system to that of, of Warren Buffett. You yeah. know, we're yeah. more of the Warren Buffett style. We're not the penny stock day trader yeah, right. that is, is losing their 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 cash every every six months. I like that analogy because the proof's in the pudding, man. It's a long tail game and the proof yep. is there. You know, and at this point, not only are you the four-time trainer of the year, you're, you know, a best-selling author, right? And you've got all of these clients that you are that you are working with. And again, you wouldn't have that longevity if the proof wasn't there, if the results weren't happening, you know? I mean, and, and that's really where it is. I love that, man. And I had heard... I, I think that's where I first had heard about you, man. It was early, um, early two thousands. I don't know. I don't know the year. So, uh, but Ken Shamrock was, was throwing a, uh, was throwing an event. All right. And he was yep. throwing it here in California where I am. And, and, um, I connected, I was training with Frank at the time in the, in the right. Bay area. Right. And, uh, yep. Ken, uh, was going to do like a, a lion's den tryout. And he said, it's a tryout for an upcoming league too. I can't talk a whole lot about it, but right. So I got this, yeah. this invite to try out. Right. And so he calls me a week before the invite. 
um, was was about to go down, and, and he says, hey, just want to make sure you're still coming for the invite. And I said, yeah, you know, I'll be there. And he says, cool. And he said, you're going to be there, um, you know, the day before. And I said, I can get there the day before if you need me there the day before. He says, yeah. We said, well, actually, we got a fight card there, so I got to fight for you, you know, that day. I'm a week I'm a week away, right? And I had never, you know, I had competed in the gym and these little smokers at AKA and all this kind of stuff, right? But yeah. I had never done anything, anything else. So I'm like, cool, man. Yeah, sign me up. Like, what weight do you need me? Cool. Like, where do you, like, what do you need, right? And so, yep. um got there and and uh to to go fight on the card and he had randy was there and i'd got that was the first time i got to meet randy and i really believe that is where i had heard conversations because i got to sit down with randy and bruce was at buffer was there announcing um boss was there wow. vernon was there guy metzger all these old school dudes you know legends that, uh, legends man that were going to yeah. be at the you know that at the fights and so it was like oh but I remember hearing conversations, and I think that's where I first heard of you. Of course, fast forward, I found out this league tryout was for the IFL, yep. right? Which you ended up um, competing in. I think still, I think you had one of the fastest knockouts in IFL history, if I remember correctly. The, the fastest knockout, yeah. Did I you? Mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's you that's know, luck awesome. goes a lot into it. I yeah, think yeah, a pretty yeah. hard right hook helps, but yeah, for sure, know, that was a cool. That won me an Xbox, the first ever Xbox, the Xbox Live. That's awesome. In 2007, right? Oh my God, what it would a cool experience. That was. That's so cool, man. That's awesome, yeah. man. So that's, and I think that's again where I had started hearing about you. Obviously, I, I went a different, you know, I, I, what I went a different round. We had been in a career educator, and, and things are going really, yeah. really well. But I'm so grateful for those experiences, and still kept a lot of those, um, you know, context. But I followed you. Uh, I followed you ever. Actually, Bruce just kicked off the uh, the school year for us, man. He just nice. did a, a, an intro for us a couple of days ago. He introduced my whole staff, um, which was rad, man. It can't, Bruce is the best. Yeah, yeah, dude, he's the best. Can't do it. But I've been following you ever since then, man. And I've always just appreciated, again, your no nonsense approach, and and um, you know the fact that. I have a heart for people that don't worry about the status quo and don't worry about naysayers. If you're doing anything worthwhile, dude, you're always going to have them. Absolutely. And that's, we've learned that over time. It's funny that the, the better we do, and when I say better we do, it's the more people we help, it seems like the more people complain Yeah. and there's a yeah. the proportionate number, what the yeah, coefficient right. is, I'm not sure. But we say for every thousand people we help, there's one person who wants yeah. to get out there and say nasty stuff about sure. us. And, and you know, the, the goal is to then have thousands and thousands of people saying nasty stuff because it shows you how many people you're, you're truly you're helping, helping on this I love planet. that, man. I think, that's and that's a, what we're trying to do. We just want to help a great people. perspective, man. Great perspective. So we've got, uh, you know, these these kids, the, the genesis of this whole podcast is we did this focus group, 1,500 youth, ages 13 to 22. Wow. And yep. we just said, look, we're going to go to some just real deal operators, people in all different industries that are just making things happen, right? The, the cream of the yep. crop. And um, what what advice do you want to get from them, right? And so we bring those questions to the table and just kind of see what everybody has to say. And it's really this tribe of mentors kind of thing, right? That goes back yeah. to our to our kids, man, and really helps. So, um, you know, but one of the first questions they have is just on the mentorship side, is there anybody that you looked at as in this journey that's really been uh, kind of a mentor for you along the way? You know, I, I did. I always I looked up to those who blazed the path before me. And the, yeah. the famous quote is, I, I stand on the, the shoulder of, of giants. Yep. And in this industry, I always as I was coming up, I was I was a young kid training with grown men. I yep. was a high school and collegiate wrestler. And in, in high school, I was training with with state and national champion, world record holding power lifters and strength athletes and college wrestlers. I, I was blessed to go out to um, Iowa and train with mm. Dan Gable oh. and, you know, the University of Iowa, the Brands Brothers and Mark Ryland and, mm. you know, that team for three weeks. I was able I was. I put myself in the position to to be around greatness, to have that proximity. I'm sure they don't remember me. I remember everything I learned. Absolutely. I remember every aspect of the day, the way that that Gable would would you know tape up his fingers, the way that Brands you know Terry would would tie you know his 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 boots you know his, his wrestling shoes. You know I I remember that, and I would model my behavior off of what yeah. those better than me, those who came before me in many ways. Yep. And then I would find my own way of doing it, tailoring it to myself. And I'll use the analogy of, you know, we all know uh, the jab, right? Whether you know boxing or fighting or not, right. there's a jab. And we all know what the jab is, right? right. It's your lead hand, you, you kind of throw it forward. There's hundreds 
And some coaches will say thousands of different variations of a jab yeah. based upon the individual and based upon what's in front of them. Yep. So I kind of took the jab from these, these great mentors mm -hmm. and then I was able to make it my own in time. Now the same thing with, with great coaches like Louis Simmons over at Westside sure. Barbell and Dave Ch Tate and, and Jim Wendler. This yep. is back in the nineties yeah. where I was looked up to those guys so much. For sure. Um, Charles Poliquin and John Perillo, John Berardi, who's you know a little closer to my peer, but he's still about ten years or so ahead of me. Yeah. Um, in the game, so in, in my craft, those are some of the names, and yep. there's there's hundreds, you know, some of the names that I looked up to, but also I looked up to those who you know Jack Welsh in, yeah. in business or Warren Buffett, yep. you know, and and a Steve Jobs, those type of of you know good to great type of business owners, entrepreneurs, individuals who were able to change the world with a thought. Mm -hmm. See, they had this thought, they had this vision, and then they manifested a reality to bring that vision to fruition. And I always saw that as something that I could do, again, taking their jab, but then making it my own. Mm. And I was able to do that in my own way with health and fitness, but I'm an educator more than anything else right. now, and it's the, the, the education that really inspires me most. So I, I never had a single mentor that I would sit down and have the mastermind meetings with and, yeah. and that, and I respect that you know, approach. I just never had that one individual, so I used a multitude of individuals in very much the same way. I love that, and I love that approach. I mean, the reality is you were, you're an athlete and you're looking at a specific field, so it makes sense to have mentors over here. And then as you were launching a business, it makes sense to have mentors in that field as well too, right? And exactly. just having these mentors in all these different aspects of your life. One of the things that we do with our, specifically with our Launchpad kids is what we call our high school group, right? And they're downstairs right now as we bring in uh, a new person every single Friday, somebody that is a highly successful entrepreneur, whether they're here local in the area or they fly in, whatever that looks like. And they sit down with the kids and they just talk about their specific journey and their specific industry. And it allows these kids to build not just a, a, the, the network and not just to hear the patterns of success, but it allows them to have those people that they go back to. Like you said, you remember every single moment with the Brands Brothers, right? You remember every single moment. And they can do that because they connect with certain people more than others. And they remember everything that person said. And that becomes that mentor they can always go back to. You yes. know, I think that's so powerful, man. We've got uh, in my house, I got three kids. How many kids do you have? I got three. Two. You got two. Okay. How old are yours? Yep. Five and three. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Beautiful. So cool. Both Dude. little girls. Beautiful oh, age. So cool, man. So cool. Yeah. So mine are, my girls are two years apart as well, nine and seven. And then I got a little dude that's four. Um, awesome. Wow. So, I love it. Dude, it's the best. It is the yeah. best. So we've got uh, a, fa a set of family rules, right? That it's hung up in our house. And one of the rules that we all hold each other accountable to is be a copycat. And what we mean by that is exactly what you're describing. Right? There's a thousand ways to throw that jab. So you find somebody where you resonate with that and you go, okay, how do I add that component of that person to my life and tweak it so that it makes sense for me? And it's exactly yeah. what we mean by that, man. I think it's I think it's brilliant. I love that. So yeah. talking about starting at 17, dude, I mean, you're yeah. this young dude in Jersey, right? And, and Young dude in Jersey trying to make it happen. So, you know, I was, uh, my, my father had a massive stroke when I was eight years old and we had a relatively normal middle lower middle class life yeah. but it felt like we were rich because sure. food was on the table and heat was on yep. he had a massive stroke you know thrust into a hospital and mm. and just never really came back wound up you know having a massive heart attack and and, and passed away as a result of that Sorry, single that. mother with no work experience was then forced to try and figure it out yeah and you know our whole life just kind of imploded in many ways when i was eight years sure. old and as a result of that, I became very self-sufficient. I be, had, my work ethic was really ingrained. I started working in earnest when I was eight years old yeah. uh, on fishing boats as what was known as a dock rat. I'd make $2 a day when the boats would come in. I, I live on a, a beach you know, community. Yep. These you know, big charter fishing boats would come in and these mates probably felt bad for me and they wanted to sit and drink their beers when their you know, fishing day was yeah. over. They'd sit and drink beers and I would go and clean the, and descale the entire boat and clean up all the blood and yeah. you know, get all the hooks and things like that. And they'd pay me two to three hours a day, five days a week. And then I'd do the half day and full day on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. So I'm now I'm making almost twenty dollars a week as an eight year old kid. Yep. Well, that buys a lot of bubble gum and candy bars, no right? About it, man. And that's when arcade games were still twenty five cents, yeah, right? You know, so that's kind of 
That work ethic is how I came up. And I think as a result, I'll go a little deeper. So as a young man who lost his father, I was immediately, now that I look back, I can see that. I was, I was thrust into the, the, you know, looking for a male father figure. Yeah. And I found the, the Conan, the barbarians, the Rockies, the, the John Claude Van Damme blood sport. I found yeah. the muscle guys, the action heroes of the eighties, yeah. right? Yeah. Which, you know, some of us, it's still, it's, it's, you know, cultural icons for now. Sure. And that pushed me into the gym and that became my love. Like, Physical yeah. fitness, exercise became my love. I had an aptitude for it, but also I was a, a, a very proficient student. I was a straight A student. I did really well. Yeah. Um, science and math came easy to me, I think, because I loved it. Yeah. And I really gravitated towards the sciences, which then fit extremely well for into sure. my passion for the, the weightlifting. And that yeah, turned into endeavor. amateur wrestling and kind of it all went that way. So... At 13 years old, freshman in high school, I became a four-year varsity wrestler and a four-year captain. Now, a 13-year-old freshman as a captain of a varsity wrestling team, kind of in charge of the 18-year-old grown men, that's pretty cool. To look back now, it's pretty cool. But it was because of my work ethic. Mm -hmm. I was the first guy there. I was the last guy to leave. I was always on the buckets and rolling up the mats. And and any coach understands that guy. I never quit. I never gave up. I never pulled up in my sprints. I would run into the the brick wall before I slowed down. And that was kind of some of the attitude. Now, that's because I was so angry and so hurt sure. and so sad right sure. for my family being broke up we can look back now to any you know the the young you know men and women out there that kind of have maybe similar you know tough love stories yeah. out, out there i i was able to kind of turn you know some some challenging moments in life into a positive and focus on the yeah. positive i didn't fall into self-abuse i didn't fall into drugs and alcohol you know i was a kid and i had fun and, and sure. whatnot but I never crossed the silly line yep. and jeopardized my own health or future or that of my family. But I had an aptitude for the fitness side. And as a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, I was the coaching these athletes and I was putting them on strength programs and nutrition plans. Yeah. And I was started running the weight cuts because I knew more than my coaches even yeah. because I had my face in these muscle magazines and in the school books, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old that my coaches didn't. They were kind of old school, right? Great guys, old school. Yep. And that kind of created, you know, this, this, you know, guru stigma of myself to those who know me. So I just became the person that people would come to when they had fitness questions. They wanted to, you know, high school kids, your buddies want to get a little bigger. Well, they come to the gym with me. Yeah. They'd sit it with me at lunch. And that is what grew into that business. So at 17 years old, that's when I officially opened. Yeah. I think I called it physical enterprises. I, it wasn't an S corp, right? It yeah. was just on a, on a piece of, of copy paper, right? But <laughs> yeah, that was right. that was right. my brand. That was my business. And it, I never closed the doors. It's modified a few times, yeah. and it, it's turned into different entities since then. But it was it was that kind of straight line, you know, kind of approach where it constantly evolved and grew from that time. Dude, I love that. I love that story. Like we talk about, you know, self-confidence and what it means to actually develop self-confidence. And especially, especially as a young man, you need to be going out and taking action on something in order to really develop that self-confidence. You don't get it sitting there playing video games, right? I mean, you actually are going out and putting in the work. And a lot of times there is a hardship that, you know, when you, when you have that hardship, whether you put it in front of yourself on purpose or it's just something that's in the cards and life hands it to you, that's what develops you into, in, into the man, right? I mean, because you have Absolutely. to overcome that. You've got to step up. You've got to take responsibility. And then that personal responsibility is what develops that true self-confidence um, rather than a cockiness, right? You've actually had to take care of business and do something that matters. You know, and yeah. that absolutely played on your life. That's a, um, you know, I love that, which which absolutely makes sense to, to why you have the mentality that you do now. That's a big deal. The hard thing, I think, for us as, edu- as educators is finding these young people who don't necessarily have that hardship right yeah. and and intentionally putting something there we obviously don't want to stroke for their for their father i'm so sorry to hear that story but we're yeah. putting a hardship in front of them that they've got to overcome and a lot of times that can come in the physical it comes in the wrestling room right yeah. getting your ass handed to you and, and, yeah. and you got to push through that and you grow through that and self-confidence comes through that man that's a that's a yeah. big deal and, and let me just say so 
you know, I, I mentioned, you know, four-year varsity wrestler captain. Yeah. Yep. Well, I was two and 12 my freshman year, though, yeah. on the varsity team. Yeah. I got my ass kicked. Yeah. I, I literally won two out of 14 matches, right. Right? right? So more often than not, I was getting my ass kicked by a grown man yep. in front of all my friends and all yep. my family, right? Every time I competed. Right. So that, again, was something to overcome. But it was always, to, to rephrase it, I knew I had to get better. Yeah. I had to get better on my takedown defense. I had to get better on my turns. I was always in there to be like, oh, man, I suck. I'm going to quit this. Yeah. Like can happen to a lot of us, right? Because we all go through that point. Mm -hmm. For me, it was a matter of I, I, I did this well. I did this poorly. I need to get better at the one thing I did poorly. I got to get back to work. Mm -hmm. How can I learn more? What can I do better? Who do I need to speak with? What other teams or clubs can I go to? Who's the best kid on my team yeah. that, that runs leg locks? Yep. I'm going to work with him for an entire week and just let him destroy me so then I could be better next time so it doesn't happen out there on the mats and slowly taking that approach moving forward. But, man, that it, it's, a, it's a tough road Yeah. when you're on it, like, to talk about it. Yeah. But in looking back, I would have it no other way. For I thank sure. my, my lucky stars. And now I think about my kids. Yep. My wife and I, we really try and find a balance because we want to do everything we can for our kids because they're right. our little princesses. Yeah. But at the same time, they need to understand hard work. Yeah. They need to understand yep. how to pick themselves up after failure, which will come in life. And if we do everything for them and provide everything for them and then give them a cushy life, they will not develop that. So now we're setting yeah. them up to, for a much harder fall, farther fall, exactly. when they become young adults and grown adults. And many adults, they, they don't adjust well to that. Yeah, and we, totally. I think we see that now in what's going on in the world. Yeah. Yeah, you're you absolutely know, and that, right. And that's a whole nother kind of, you know, topic. You're absolutely right, man. Yeah, Frederick Douglass said it's easier to build strong kids than to fix weak men, right? I mean, and huh. that's, dude, and I, I love that. It's so Beautiful. true. It is so yeah. true. And that's part of the reason. So, and I mentioned kind of in, in our emails back and forth to Tim Kennedy and I putting together the program specifically for young men, right? And yep. we got that launching this fall. And it's specifically to, to do that, to step into the gap and go, look, Boys, you've got to you've got to overcome something. We're going to put together a very you know a year long program that's going to be intense. It's going to be hard, and we're going to mentor you through it and help you through it. And and you know the the idea is that we need more strong strong men and women of character, um, you know that are going to lead in society. And it's a big deal. And I love that you mentioned dude, part of it is the nostalgia aspect, but I love that you mentioned those old eighties movies too and those icons. Yeah. Right. What I like about those movies, man, is it really follows this archetype of the hero's journey, yeah. right? The schools that I build known, like we talk about hero's journey nonstop, Joseph Campbell's work and parents get all excited about it. But what they sometimes forget is that every part of that hero's journey, man, as you're going through it, there is a part where your child struggles yeah. and has to slay the dragon, man. And they've got to go in and there is a hardship that has to be overcome, right? And so we're we're supplying that through through various projects, right? And, and I love those old 80s movies because it really is this classic archetype of having to overcome something and coming out the other side in the victory that is there. You know, I mean, I think yeah. it's, a, it's a big deal. It's just a yeah. super, uh, just kind of a goofy side note, man. You mentioned Bloodsport, right? <laughs> and so, and I'm, you were about the same age, man. So that was a huge, so influential, Right. right. How many times did you wore out the VHS tape watching it, didn't you? Dude, and I can still go start to finish, man. I can just I we could probably do the whole movie right here. Yep. Right? We probably could. Like Absolutely. there's no there's no doubt. So <laughs> when uh when we had my when we had my son, um, first of all, my son's name is Loudon, right? Okay. Which came from Vision Quest, right? The yep. 80s, 80s movie about wrestling. Right? I brought him home to Lunatic Fringe, right? Like it's, That's awesome. yeah, dude, like it was, it was a, it was a no brainer I already. I had that in, right? So, um, you know, wherever anybody falls on the, on the circumcision side, dude, I don't ever, I don't jump into the argument, but we had, had him circumcised, uh, yep. the eighth day. Right. And we had actually had a, a rabbi, and I'm not Jewish, but we had a rabbi come over to the house, right? To do the circumcision, okay. a moil. Wow. Right. So he comes over and he says, and so what's your boy's name? I said, Loudon. And he goes, oh, like Vision Quest. And I'm like, yeah, dude, like you're one of the High only. Five. Yeah, it was like him. Yeah. And then uh, Danny Castillo, his buddy of mine. And he was one of the only ones that was like, oh, and Loudon? oh yeah. yeah, man. Right. Like, of course, from Vision Quest. Right. He was one of the only other people to ever get it. Right. Yeah. So he, I said, yeah, man, it's uh, like Loudon from Vision Quest. And he's like, oh, cool, man. He's like, hey, did you like the movie Bloodsport? And I was like, 
yeah, dude, who? yeah, are we best friends right now? Like, of course I do. You know? Like, <laughs> of right. course I did. And he's like, oh man, he's like, I just met Frank Dukes the other day. And I'm like, what? He's like, the, wow. the real, the real the deal. Real. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of funny, man. Super cool. But that's uh, crazy. Yeah. But again, it's that hero's, that hero's journey, man, that archetype and uh, the concept of hard work. And you mentioned that, and that's actually one of the questions on here too. If you had somebody who, let's say they just graduated high school, you know, they're, yep. they're, you know, 17, 18, they just got done and they come to you and they're like, Mike, man, I love what you're doing. Like, this is amazing. I see the thousands of people that you're actually helping. Dude, I want to come work for you. I want to come be a part of your team, man. And there's nowhere else I'd rather go. What do you want to see from that young person that would make you go, okay, man, I'm going to go ahead and take a chance on this guy. You know, that, that it's a great question. And this is something that we experience quite often. I do get a lot I of these that. emails yeah. and, and DMs and PMs and all these different social media yeah. contacts. And I made the mistake in the past of entertaining each one seriously mm-hmm. before I realized that, no, they're not serious and they're likely not Dolce material mm-hmm. in that they will not work as hard for me as I will work for them. Yeah, And what I started to do is I started to give them homework Mm. and I would have them very clearly write me some sort of passage and I would give them very specific criteria. I want you to tell me in 50 words why you'd be great for this company. Yeah. I want you to tell me in three paragraphs, the, the two most notable things about yourself and one thing you wish you would change. Yeah. As soon as I do that, poof. Yeah. All of a sudden disappear. Magically gone, huh? Gone. Yeah. Or, they do it incorrectly. Yeah. And this is something that's interesting for those who might be listening. You must listen to directions. Yeah. Now, I don't care what they say. All I care about, are they teachable? Because if they come to work for me, yep. I'm going to teach you everything I know. Yep. That's my goal. I'm an educator, just like you. Mm-hmm. I want to teach you everything I know. So then you can take that, make the jab your own mm-hmm. and make it even better. Yep. So good, I will man. not waste my time on someone who already knows it. That's fine. Do your own thing. Someone who will waste my time when there's someone who's more deserving, more willing, who's standing behind them trying to get our attention. I love it. And what I found is a lot of these individuals, they are time parasites. That is the most precious asset we have. You will not erode the time that I spend with my family or with the time I spend helping other humans Mm. by simply glorifying your own ego. And that's what it turned into in many Mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. People, they they just want to, you know, say they're affiliated. They want to, you know, work with you, stand next to Ronda Rousey or whatever that thing might be. When in reality, they don't want to really do the work that we do, which is educating the population on how to live better lives. So I would kind of give them these small little homework assignments. And very, very, very rarely do we ever get a reasonable response back. And, and that's something, and that's the easiest thing, because if I get that person who gives me the right response, doors open. Yeah. Now I've put, I've, I've put people on planes and flew them out here and, and put them up the hotel right down the street mm-hmm. and dude, let's hang out. Yep. Let's, Let, let's, let's see how it goes from there. Yeah. Cost you nothing. Yeah. You, you're going to take that now. Are you going to get on the plane and come on out here? Right. Or, or am I just going to hear a litany of excuses? Yep. Hey man, I quit a six figure job. Yep. In municipal finance, corner office, right, tenure, I quit that to go and mop Jim Matz for yep. Randy Couture right. and then work for free 12 hours a day afterwards. Right. Are yep. you willing to do that? Now, it doesn't have to be my own journey, but I really want to see who these people are. And then, you know, we get other individuals who they come out of school, they're registered dietitians, all of our dietitians have their master's degrees and and all this stuff. They've put in the work in in many ways also, right? So they've shown that they have this um, fortitude to kind of go through a a different system. But at the same time, our system is a little bit different. And with them, we just kind of slowly, we piecemeal their work and we say, it's eat what you kill. You will get in line. You will start getting work. I yep. will fill you up. The better the work you do, the more work you will get, the more trust I will give you, the bigger jobs and projects you will be a part of. And that's how you work your way through into our system Man. that you're working with, you know, Hollywood heartthrobs. Like that becomes your client, not my client. That's your client yeah. behind the scenes. 
that's a pretty cool deal also yeah. for, for a lot of our team. So that's kind of the way no, we do I it. But that. it took me 20 years to figure this sure, out, man. Sure, You know, yeah. it really did. Because there's a lot of time parasites out there that that just – yeah. They, they weren't about the work that that we're trying to do. And dude, I'm gonna steal that phrase too, because time parasite. It's so. Time. I mean, it is. It you is, know it, right? It is, dude. It's rampant. It is yeah. rampant, and I love. It's just it. There, everybody wants that shortcut, dude, and they want like put in the work. Proof again. Yep. Proof is in the pudding. You want yep. more interesting opportunities with more interesting people. Do more interesting things, and yep. you got to do that for the long tail first. Right. Yep. Do that first. And then all that stuff comes your way. We you know we talk to our students all the time and say, look, it has never been and there has never been an easier time to be great, especially as a young person, because there are so few people, adults included, yep. who are willing to put in the long tail game, who are willing to make that sacrifice of going from that six figure job to what I do. I remember pulling over to the side of the road, getting rid of the six figure job, knowing that I was going to get this other teaching job because it was going to open up where I could eventually do my own thing. And I remember calling my wife on the side of the road. I'm like, Hey, by the way, um, I'm pretty sure I, I know I'll get offered this job and I'm pretty sure yeah. I need to take this. Cause this is going to be where we're going. I know we just had our first kid, but I'm going to make about 30 grand a year on this job. And I know you're home. We're going to struggle for a little bit. You ready to roll? I mean, yep. cause it's just, this is what we got to do to get to where we need to be. Yep. You know, and there's so few people that are willing to do that. If the young people are willing to to put in those years, put in that time, dude, it opens up the doors. Don't be a you know, time parasite. Two questions for you. First yes, question is, what did your wife say to that? Let's go. Bang. Mine too. Yep. So that's why you're so successful yep. because you you chose the right partner. Yep. And how totally. many of your friends and family do you know as I? Yes, sir. Who chose the wrong partner? Yes, sir. And they're both of their lives suffered as a result of that mm -hmm. poor decision making, right? Right. Yep. Um, the, you know, that first part. Second part is there is an entitlement mentality that I've seen, mm -hmm. and I'm hoping the new generation, the current grade school and high schoolers, yeah. seem to be categorically different yep. from those yep. who are kind of currently in college to outside yep. of college. Not overly yeah. stereotyping, but, but dude, you're statistically you're you're statistically right. So, okay, just, uh, just to just back like giving you background on this too, man. So while building these schools, so like you, I know you do a lot of speaking, um, yeah. and you know, and you get to travel and do this, right? So for the last six seven years, I've been doing fifty to sixty keynotes a year for companies all oh. over the world, right? Oh. And that's what the conversation is. It's around generations, generational behavior. So I actually work with this group out of Austin, Texas. It's a yeah. team of PhDs. All they are doing is researching generational behaviors. Yeah. And so then we go into these organizations and we chat with them about what generational issues they're finding. So what you said is statistically provable. You have got this generation that's kind of in college now or a little actually goes up all the way to, you know, just under kind of the age you and I are, right? Like just under this 40-year-old range and you have this entitlement mentality. And there's a number of reasons for it from parenting to the onset of, of uh, you know, cheap uh, technology. There's a number of, of statistical reasons that took place. But what you're seeing is this younger generation is starting to eschew that mentality. They're starting to want to take on more personal responsibility. They're being more pragmatic. Um, you know, they're more willing to put in the time and the hours. And it's uh, it's encouraging, man, to see that from the younger generation. It really is. It, it is. And I'm, I'm so thankful to see that coming through. Yeah. Because having the experience that we've had in, in our culture and yeah. our work environment. Yeah. It's been a challenge with the entitlement mentality. I call it the, the Zuckerberg syndrome. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. They all think somehow that they're gonna they're gonna go to school, they're gonna step out of school, they're gonna get a six figure plus job yep. to do nothing. Yeah. To do nothing. And I I'd say we have chair spinners. I yeah. I walk out in my office at, at certain time points in, in you know our career, our company was larger, we had a different model at a certain point. And I'd see people that, that they'd be spinning in their chairs six hours a day. Yeah. They put in two hours of work, yep. six hours of chair spinning, you know, researching remote control helicopters yeah. for hour for four <laughs> yeah. hours. Yep. While I'm paying them salaries with 401k right. and full health care. Yeah. And it was, hey, I need a raise. Dude. Why? Well my rent went up. <laughs> uh, 
You that your rent went up, so you're asking me for a raise while you're doing less work than you committed to on day one. That's not the way it works, and hence we kind of changed our business model quite dramatically as a result of that mentality of what we were seeing in the workforce. Totally did not match what we were trying to do in the real world in growing or in growing our business and running our business and helping people, exactly the end right, user, man. which is the, the the community that we're trying to support and assist and add value to. That's exactly right. Yeah, I always kind of. I mean, I. I you know, a lot of the time on stage, I'll, I will just share these stories and they come across as, I mean, they are, they're humorous, they're comical and we can, you know, we put them in as, as examples, but I'm getting these examples from real life. I'm getting these examples from CEOs and, and, you know, hiring managers around the world that are telling us these things. And I always use the example, I had a, a CEO of a large company in, in Canada who said, you know, I had this person who came in and, and, uh, you know, they said, Hey boss, I, I gotta, I gotta sit you down, man. I need to have a conversation. He says, "All right, what's going on?" He said, "Man, I've been here, I've been here six weeks already. Like dead serious. I've been here yeah. six weeks, right? And and almost every single day, <laughs> I hadn't even made it every day in these six weeks." And goes, you know, so wow. what is like? At what point do I get my raise? And at what point do I get a different title? And at what point? And like this person was seriously concerned yeah. uh, after almost making it you know, in for the 30 days they've been employed, you yep. know, they're, they're concerned about where the career was taking them and they hadn't done Jack to even deserve that conversation. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. That that's even a I've experienced without getting yeah. deep into it multiple yeah. times, very similar conversations yeah, totally. with similar aged candidates. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's a crazy, mind blowing, crazy thing, man. Crazy thing. Yep. Um, one of the, uh, one of the, the, the final questions on here, one of the last couple here is, a piece of common knowledge. And so I think there's probably a, a few ways that you might go with this. And so whatever kind of jumps out, but I like this question because it talks about where you might be counterculture. And I think we talked about a little bit. I mean, you are kind of counterculture just in the fitness industry in general, just because you've stayed the course, you know, which that in and of itself is counterculture, to, counterculture. What so, <laughs> to what so many people are doing, right? So are there any other areas maybe where this jumps out where it's a piece of common knowledge that everybody knows? Everybody knows this is true, but Mike goes, cool, I, I disagree. Um, and, and an example that I always give to, because it's helped as a career educator, right? Everybody knows, especially in education, that you got to go, you have to go to college in order to be successful. And I go, yeah, I that is not the case anymore. You do not have yeah. to go to college to be successful. You can develop these other avenues without the four-year degree. It is possible to do that. And I don't think college is the right answer for every single person by any stretch of the imagination. I'm counterculture and education in that regard, but you know, I believe that. Um, what about you? Is there any other thing that jumps out where you're like, yeah, I kind of see the world differently in this way? Well, I, I think I'll, I'll start with the college equation that you just brought up, and yeah. I agree completely. I, yeah. I do not have a college degree. Love it. Love it. I hire and pay the salaries of individuals that do, and they work for me. Yep. Now, because they have a college degree, that's not the reason that they work for me. Right. They work for me because they're good, hardworking people that yeah. happen to have college degrees. That's yeah. the difference. I remember when I was at that decision to, I had received a college scholarship and then I blew out my shoulder and then mm -hmm. I kind of lost the opportunity for the scholarship and I was gonna have to go into debt to put some money against it to maybe earn my scholarship right. back. And it was a tenuous time. My buddy was going to a similar college and he was paying $25,000 a year. I actually had a job offer to work in the nutrition space for a corporation and make $25,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Plus they would pay for education, not college credits, but industry specific education. And I, I remember thinking about this and sitting in my car and having a cup of coffee with myself and thinking my buddy's going to go in, he's going to spend a hundred grand student loans. So yep. he's going to be a hundred, 120 in debt yep. by the time he gets out when all said and done, I'm going to go in and I'm going to walk out with a hundred grand or more because I'm going to use my spare time to sling personal training, right diets and, and get the additional accreditation to advance right. in this industry. Love it. And I took that route where I use an entrepreneurial mindset. Now I'll move that into the next phase is there's a thought that you have to work for someone else in order to be successful. Yeah. Kind of like the Robert Kiyosaka, rich dad, yeah, poor yeah, dad, yeah. you know, cash flow quadrant where you have to become an employee. Now, I use that quadrant in a way, and I disagree with Kiyosaki, Kiyosaki says about you know debt and leverage and things like that. Yeah. But what I do say is, if even though I'm a W two employee at certain times in my life, I'm still an entrepreneur. I'm the owner of my own independent business. 
I'm accepting work for a company under specific terms mm-hmm. to earn a paycheck to cash flow back into, you know, Mike Dolce Inc., right. if you will, right. while I'm also running my, my, my sole proprietorship or my side hustles alongside of that. So, so I'm building multiple arms of my business that many individuals, they don't see that opportunity. They get their job, they work their 40 hours, they work their nine to five, they come home, they blow off steam with friends, Mm. they live till the weekend, they go through the weekend and they think, hey, 62 years old, I retire with social security, hopefully that's there, likely it won't be there by the time you and I get there. Like it's this different mentality. So you need to blow that up, explode that. And what we try and educate with our coaches is those who come through our, our, our your fitness certification is you need to start working towards your passion. Yeah. We want to bring the boat as close to the dock as possible. Yep. You have to pay your bills. You need food on the table. You got to take care of your family. So if you have to, and I have no problem swinging a hammer any day that I need to right. dig ditches. I used to throw, I used to tie up stacks of newspapers and throw them into the back of a Mack truck. I would only get paid when the truck was full, mm-hmm. right? I'd get That's paid right. by the truckload and right. I would do this. I would outwork everybody on the lot because I'm trying to get paid, man. Right, man. Raining, I'm out there. doesn't matter. So that's the mentality. You get yeah. there, you work, you do the stuff you have to do to keep food on the table, keep the lights on yep. while you're pursuing your passion. And the passion eventually becomes the, 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 the passport to financial freedom. Yes. Where when I get up to go to work, I would do this for free. Yep. This is my passion. I get to help people. I get to add value to people's lives. And as a byproduct, my family's taken care of. Like, I I can employ amazing humans who can take care of their families as a result of helping other people. Mm -hmm. Man, again, I worked in municipal finance, real estate taxation. I love math. I love love the numbers. I hate that corporate structure. I say I'm the worst employee on the planet because I'm working seven days a week, 12-hour days. Yep. Right? That, that makes me a terrible employee. When the UFC wanted to bring me into, you know, uh, work on the UFC fit, I worked with them as an independent contractor. They yeah. wanted to bring me as a W-2 employee. I said, listen, I'm the worst employee I'm unemployable, here. yeah. Do not, do not hire me in that <laughs> capacity. Tell me what you need to be done. I will do more than you ask and I will do it better than you thought. Yep. And that was my relationship to which I, I still have been able to, to maintain a great relationship with them doing just that. So those are kind of two constructs yeah, that you that. want to explode you know, in your mind. But if you want, I have friends who are like you who are academics. Yeah. They love it. That's, that's their world. And then they get help educate the next crop. They're PhDs. Now sure. they're professors, they're teaching, they're, they're, you know, working on the, the, the HR, the admin side. Right. Beautiful. That's what they love to do. Yep. If that's not what you love to do, that is not the path to success. That is the path to failure. I love that, man. That's just all that speaks so much to the to the core of my DNA, man. The pursue and provide, and again, that's part of what we bring, you know, to these to these youth. Our schools are vastly different, right? They're learning, um, you know, they're learning to think, not what to think. There's no agenda. It's learning how to think, how to speak to what you think, how to drive your own academic journey at a pace that challenges you. But then yeah. you're taking on real world work, real world projects. All of our students, five to eighteen or starting businesses or taking their businesses into perpetuity. It is just part of who who we are and what we do, right? And then they're taking on these apprenticeships and they're getting outside of the campus to go work in fields that they're interested in working in. And it's all about get in there and you're going to, you are going to stack those papers and you're going to throw them in the truck until you fill that truck up, because that's yep. what's going to develop, you know, all the things you need, including that network to, to move things forward. It's to pursue and provide simultaneously until all of a sudden you can map those two things together. Yep, right? I absolutely. Mean, that's exactly it, man. I love that, dude. I love that so much. So we got two more on here. One of them is just a simple legacy quote. And I guess that's not necessarily that simple, but if it was come, you know, God comes down and goes, Hey Mike, it's been a great run, man. You've helped so many people. Uh, tomorrow's it, man. We are, we are all done. We're going to have to put you in the ground and we're going to put that headstone there. You're going to get to put your legacy quote there, whether it's from you, whether it's from somebody else, what do you want the world to remember that that Mike Dolce said or did? What do you want to put on on uh, on that headstone legacy quote, man? Oh, that's a tough it's one. A you tough hit me one, with the dude. heavy it's stuff. It's a tough right one. It's why we leave that one towards the end, man. That's a hard one. Yeah, and there's probably a million different ways, especially somebody with you. There's a million different ways you'd want to go. I totally get that. Yeah, I think something to the effect of. Here lies a devoted father, mm. husband, and family man 
who did his best to help all those that he could. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and do, I, I think I, I, that's and, fine with me. That, no, that's I mean, that's I, every dude. That's it. That's everything. That's it. Like that's it. And the order that you put that in too. Right. Again, I think that is something that, um, you know, for anybody listening that's younger and doesn't yet have the spouse, doesn't yet have the kids, they can intellectually yeah. understand what you said, but the emotional understanding from somebody yeah. who is a husband and a father, knowing that those two things, that's, that is the ultimate legacy right there. And then coming down from that is helping everybody else out that you can, right? Yeah. Doing, doing right by everybody else, but it starts right there with, with that focus, right? Because Children that is- first, that's my responsibility that's more it, than man. anything else, more than myself. That's my it. wife and I, we speak about this often, how we don't understand how people don't make their children the number one priority. Yes, sir. Now, it, it doesn't mean that I can't go to the gym or I can't go to a ball game with my buddies. Of course. My children are my number one priority. Yes, sir. Regardless of self, that Bingo. is the job. And Bingo. that's the most important job we as humans have. Bingo. Right? And that's a community-minded job right there. Yeah. It's not selfish. That's to make the world a better place. Right. If we all did that, put our, our best intentions into our children to make them better people, better than us, my goodness, this, yeah. this world would be a better place. But we see too many selfish individuals mm -hmm. living for now the YOLO lifestyle mm -hmm. that pass their kids on. They defer their, their, their parenthood mm -hmm. to family and friends and daycare centers and all the other things. Yep. Instead of taking the, the, the selfless path, to me, it's, it's selfish because yeah. I pride myself on being a dad and yep. on being a husband For sure. and, and being that person. That's I draw my self-confidence from being that individual, For sure. right? And and delaying my own personal gratification on certain things. Yeah. And and that's a hard thing. So I'm, I'm man, and it's rare it. to have this conversation with, with, you know, men like yourself. And I use the term very strongly, man like yourself, because that's the true definition of a man. It's not someone who just disappears in the woods and leaves his family, you know, hungry, That's right. That's right. you know, with, with, with a clunky car because yep. he wants to go fishing with his buddies or he's going to the Super Bowl and he he ran up the credit cards. That's right. To go and do that. That's right. That's not a man right there. That's yep. that's the child. Yep. So. Yep, that's it. Kudos man. to you, you brother. Are, you are the provider. I'm back at you, brother. And that's why I've always had so much respect for you, too, because you see that. There's the provider aspect, right? For for a, a good man is also good at being a, a man, right? And, and part of that is being that provider in all ways. And that's not just financial. It's not just food on the table. It's not just the emotional side, the spiritual side. It is all of that all, all of that. the time, yep. every day. Every Yep, agreed. Every there's no There's no off day. to that. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly yep. it. I love that, dude. Um, the, the last thing on here is is anybody that you would recommend, any listeners, any young people kind of look to, whether it's like a, a book you're reading that you think is really cool or somebody maybe you're following on social media that you're like, you know what, this person's, you know, doing some good things. And then, of course, um, where people can go to to learn more about you and what you've got going on. Um, you know, everyone's style is, is a little bit different. Sure. So I, I will recommend people keep an open mind and yeah. look for alternate opinions, especially when they have a, a bias on a topic. Yeah. I, I do my best to challenge my own biases. I, I do try and follow the work of individuals who think completely different yeah. than I do. Yep. And I will learn. Yep. And many times I'll reinforce my bias yeah. in a way, not because I'm so right, but because I really, in order for me to form a bias, I have to go through years and years of practical application right. after the, the evidentiary uh, research mm. to make sure things work and then try it and try it and try it and try it over and over. So it's very hard for someone, no matter who they are, to tell me that their system is better than mine. Yeah. They might do some things really well, unique to their personality and their experiences. But I don't care who you are, what your PhD is, yeah. because our system is so well vetted at this point because we've gone through this and we continue to go through this. So I'd say really look for alternate opinions to your own to reinforce what you're doing is actually correct. Yeah. And that matters because we, we do it. You look at politics right now and how polarized the world sure. is right now. People just they live inside these vacuums. Totally. Get out of your vacuum, yep. get out of your comfort zone and really expose yourself to all different ideas and opinions. And I'm fortunate to have been able to travel, you know, for a decade all around the world. And yeah. that changes you. Yeah. Perspective. It, it, it really, 
it's a big thing to, to live in different cultures mm-hmm. with different people and see the world through a different set of lenses. That I think is, is just as important as reading a book more so if not. And one thing I would suggest to those listening is throw a backpack on, get on a plane and fly mm. to another country, Yeah, fly to another continent all by yourself. And I say, you know what, if you're a soccer fan, go, go get a, a flight and go watch a Man U game in England. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Get, go, go to Barcelona, Spain, yeah. like go up to whatever you're a hockey fan, you know, get up to, 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 you know, uh, Canada, wherever it might be yeah. by yourself, married or not, whatever it is, experience that for yourself to get to know who you really are. Yeah. That's transformative also. And I, I've had, I say that because I've had the benefit to do that many times. Yeah. That is, is excellent. And you, you learn a, there's a, a level of independence and autonomy that you create as a result of that, of self-reliance totally. that you then bring back to your tribe, to your community, to your family. That really does kind of help, I think, solidify our leadership role because yeah. we each should have a leadership role. No matter my wife has a leadership role, I have a leadership role. Our daughters have leadership roles in their learning in their own ways. Yep. We all have that leadership role. So it's, it's not just one you know, figurehead and that's the end of it. Um, but any individuals, I, I do recommend that people understand their finances. Yeah. Outside of your skill and your craft, you need to understand long-term finances. Yep. You need to understand compounding interest. You need to understand real estate. You need to understand the the negative aspects of debt and all debt is negative. Yep. You need to understand, I think I did say compounding interest in the yep. stock market and index funds. That's something I push out. The younger you are, the better. Yeah. To learn that Smart. now is something that is integral to every human out there, specifically the way the the world is going, you need to control your finances because that allows opportunity. Mm -hmm. And with the opportunity, you can do anything you want, wherever you want, with whomever you want. And you can do that earlier, the more, the the faster you understand, you know, financial freedom. Dude, it's such a big deal. And we taught, you're talking about challenging your bias. One of the cultural um, and really a generational bias for a long time, you know, and I don't know if you're, if, if, you know, if your mom was this way and my parents surely were, was that you just don't, you don't talk about finances. You don't talk about money, right? Yeah. Like you just don't have that conversation. So I definitely never had the conversation with with my parents. And so it was stuff that you just had to figure out. And a lot of times you figure it out after putting yourself in a hole, you know? Yep. And so Agreed. again, that's one of the things we want to remedy here too is, is shift that mindset of just have a relationship with your money. Understand what that relationship looks like. Understand the opportunities that are out there. I agree with you wholeheartedly, man. But Social Security is not something that's going to be sticking around. So we got to figure out what that longevity looks like. And again, that's part of being a provider is being being aware of of all of those things that you know are going to take care of our family now and and going into perpetuity you know and you got to challenge the biases dude and not just in money but every other aspect of that I love that um because again it's you either going to have to have the wherewithal to go okay I now need to change my mind on this and you got to have the confidence to go ahead and go okay I've got better evidence over here I got to change my mind or it's only going to reinforce what it is you already know either way it's a win so when you're better as a result Dude, of it, no matter what, human being a hundred percent, right? Cause it, if, if someone can teach you something you did not know, yep. and then you adapt that into your own, you know, product or service yeah. or, you know, core view of the world, you've become better. You just leveled up Yeah, that's it. by being wrong and realizing <laughs> it, it. You've actually become a better version of yourself, a better professional, right? A better, you know, uh, yeah. provider, if yes. you will. Yeah. And if you realize that you're right, you become better again. That helps too. Totally. Oh, right. 100%. But if you're only inside your yeah. vacuum, reinforcing yeah. what you silo. think is correct, yeah, totally. Man, you're you're gonna fail. You will fail every time. And I see that often in in the fitness world. It's very clear and very obvious sure. as we see the 18 month cycle of all these fads that, that come and go. So good, man. So where do people go to get some more info on Mike Dolce? So very easy. Just the Dolce Diet. Yeah, Go to thedolcediet.com, yeah. Instagram, the Dolce Diet, Twitter's the Dolce Diet, Facebook, YouTube. It's all the Dolce Diet. The, yeah. the dot com is always the clearinghouse. Uh, we have, I think, you know, twelve or fifteen hundred articles there now. We have, you know, three hundred to three hundred fifty podcasts. The Mike Dolce Show podcast, yep. which is out there. Yep. Um, you know, very, you know. <laughs> explicit, straightforward, very ranting. Although I have, you know, had some recently had some great guests from the world of, of um, combat sports. Yeah. Um, Dr. Andy Galpin, Dr. Corey Peacock, Tony Ricci, uh, Phil DeRue, yeah. um, some of these, you know, bigger names, you know, inside um, the world of, of, you know, kind of sports, combat sports, which is what I'm, I'm primarily known for. Um, 
but just type in the Dolce Diet if, if anyone's interested. It's we have enough content out there, and, and we're always happy to to help. And I, I do try on my Instagram page. I try and do a live Q and A every single day, yep. at least twice a week on our YouTube channel. Yep. I do a live Q and A where I just want to give as much free content as possible. That's really what we're trying to do: yeah. educate, entertain, inspire. That's our goal, and however we can do that, that's what we're going to do. That's awesome, man. Super appreciative of that. And you do you? I mean, you guys have there's so much, so much good stuff that you guys have been putting out for a long. Uh, a long time, man. And so we're going to link all of those things uh, in the show notes too. And, and um, yeah, I was going to mention the Instagram lives too, because it's, um, I, I dude, it's been valuable for, I've jumped on there, uh, you know, right. quite a, quite a few times. And I don't remember what, I wish I could remember what it was, man, but this was probably like three years ago. And I was in a hotel room. I had just landed, um, was going to be speaking the next day to a client and uh, had the phone and, and it gave me the little notification you were going live and I jumped on. And I don't, I dude, I was punch drunk from the flight. Like I was just, I was <laughs> feeling like garbage, you know, just kind of like I needed more water, dude. I just wasn't feeling super great. It'd been a long week of travel. And I said something just absolutely ridiculous to you right from the onset of, uh, of the IG live dude. And you kind of laughed and you said something back that was super, I wish I could tell you what it was. I literally cannot remember. Um, yep. but it was great, but I, all that to say, man, you do, you give great content on there. Great feedback. You help so many people, man. So super grateful for you helping us out and helping the youth out, man. This is a big deal for, for our schools here and for all the listeners. And again, we, you know, we do this for, for scholarships for kids to get opportunity to have a real education and uh you know it's a big deal you give them back that way and you give back so much man so i'm appreciative this is also brother i, I appreciate being on and, and, and you having me and i'm really grateful for what you're doing out there it, it's nice to know that that uh, you know an upstanding man like yourself is really out there trying to help the community help the youth kind of give them a better path and and show them the way show them the better way to get out there and uh, develop into you know upstanding adults and that's what the world needs right now yeah, we man. need strong smart hardworking. you know young men and women, I won't yep. call them children because yep. they are young men and women that That's are right. growing in, into, you know, honorable, experienced, hardworking adults. That's what the world needs. So I'm, I'm super grateful to you for that. I don't take that lightly, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Greatly. Yeah, absolutely. There you go, man. Mike Dolce. Check out the Dolce diet. Give him a follow on uh, all the social media platforms and check out the book. Uh, look for his services, all that good stuff, man. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for continuing to support us. Please feel free to continue to share, and we will connect next time on The Essential 11.